Good morning, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Umbrella. Before we start and get into this one, guys, just want to spend a little bit of time saying a huge thank you to everybody who's taken time to not only listen to the first proper episode I went through with Dr. Alistair Hooper, but also with the feedback. The feedback has actually pushed me into doing today's episode, which is titled How I Got My Client to Lose 10 Stone. The reason I'm going to be covering this off today and so soon is because I had some amazing feedback which really opened my mind, triggered me into loads of new ideas. And one of the most common bits of feedback from the first episode with Al was my audience just saying how informative it really was and how helpful it really was to them and their lives. And I just kind of viewed it as a bit of a a chat with Al. Uh, I didn't really view it on that level, but the feedback was really, really good. So it's like, well, okay, let's, let's give you guys, let's get a bit intimate now then. Let's start using actual stories, experiences that I've been through in the industry And some of you may know, some of you may not know, but one of my clients and probably one of my biggest stories today is getting a male human being to lose 10 stone of weight over a 12 and a half month period, which sounds extreme, me saying that and actually listening to that. But that's what we've done. And the story managed to get itself aired on national television which was part of a a series or a program around weight loss christmas special and it was a story that done wonders for my career and obviously added extreme value and you know would i would probably argue and say saved and and gave years back to my client Patrick at the time it it added years to his life so it was it was an amazing experience for me and hopefully you know he will still view to this day now that an amazing and value-adding experience for Patrick so today is really all about getting into the story telling you guys exactly how we achieved it and then hopefully giving you guys some incentive and motivation to go away and implement some of my ideas on your own fitness journeys. So, as always, guys, grab a drink, grab a notepad, grab a pen, sit back, relax. It's a beautiful sunny day. The the scene is set here. Once again, guys, this, this podcast is raw. I am recording this above Fivo Gym. We have assault bikes in the background. We've got guys on the pads. You might hear the odd uh, buzzer or alarm going off. Again, in the feedback, people kind of like that. It's raw, it's direct, it's coming at you. Here we go, guys. Okay, guys, welcome back. Sit tight and buckle up. Here we go. So the weight loss journey, the weight loss story of Mr. Patrick Nichols. So Patrick Nichols originally came to me because he was in a situation where he was five foot seven. He was 27 and a half stone approximately. And his waist circumference was so large that the measuring tape in the gym would not fit around his waist. The guy had some minor metabolic diseases. He had some skin issues 
And he was low on confidence, low on self-esteem. And it's very fair to say, his words, not mine, that he was in a very low, dark place. He had some family issues. He didn't have a very good support system around him. And I had had a contact from a producer at ITV, Granada Studios, based in Manchester, and said, we're going to be working on this project. Would you like to be involved? Obviously, without having to have a second thought, my immediate answer was yes. So the guys from ITV said, the guy's travelling down from Swindon area. He will travel down to Andover, and if you're happy to meet him, have a chat, an informal uh, convo with him, grab a coffee, we'll pay all your expenses, just give us a little bit of time. i done a little bit of prep and some research myself and Patrick met up and we met up in Andover. We went ahead, we had a coffee and a drink and we sat down and we had a chat. Now, my expertise, my knowledge, my experience came in straight away. So the first thing I tried to do in a very, very friendly, non-intimidating way was just assess Patrick. I just wanted to look at his body movement. I wanted to look at his body language. I wanted to see how he presented himself because normally you can start identifying quite a lot of things by people just by how they talk, how they move. And straight away, I could kind of see with Patrick that he was very, very low in confidence. It was almost like he had been dragged for a few hedges backwards. He had broke down his story to me and it was very easy to identify how he put so much weight on. And he was still a young man. You know, we're talking about a guy that was only 23, 24, 25 years old. So he's still a very young man at that time. And things started to present themselves to me, which was making me feel almost a little bit sorry for this guy. But at the same time, it's kind of a situation that we had to identify that there was a lot of work that needed to be done to get this guy to where he needed to be. Now, my part of the bargain at consultation at the time was whether or not I was going to take this work. His part of the bargain uh, for me, and maybe unbeknown to him, was whether he was going to give me adherence to what I would want to set for him to do. So post, post chat, it was very fair to say that we'd got on, we genuinely got on on a personal level and we went our separate ways and I said that I'd feed into the guys back at ITV and we'd make a plan and go from there. Patrick went away that day, full of motivation, like most clients do in a consultation scenario. And I had made several notes. I had already started planning the process. I was just kind of breaking things down in my head, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, what we're not going to rush, immediate and more extreme things that we'd need to take care of right from the start. So after a few emails and telephone conversations, it were, an agreement was made and I arranged to meet with Patrick in gym kit to get the process started. Now, where again, I could probably add some value to you guys today on your own fitness journeys is I'm going to break down the actual and exact process in great detail of exactly what we've done to get the 10 stones of mass off of Patrick. And he went from 27 and a half stone down to 17 and a half stone, fresh haircut, couple of sunbeds, and he reappeared on ITV. Uh, the Jeremy Kyle Christmas special show, which was part of a Christmas special and health series of just 
going through and giving people stories of basically how they've come from a bad situation and turned their life around into something positive. Because it was Christmas, it was also like a giveaway to the family to give the kids presents and to make it special for them. Almost like a little bit of a reward for the hard work and, and graft that they had put in. And all the stories on the show were uh, not, not just health related, they were from all different backgrounds. But uh, yeah, that is that is effectively what we we work towards. So going back to that, so from the start, I'd made some plan. I'd said to Patrick, right, let's get you in gym kit. Let's get you into the gym. And what we done straight away is what I would probably advise you guys to do if you are starting out on any fitness journey. We just made a platform to work from. So our platform to work from was detailing everything. We just had a chat, I made notes, and then we started getting things like weigh-ins. We took the measurements we could take. We took some blood pressure. We took some photos. And because this was quite a big story for me, I had decided to journal this whole experience. So I had kind of made a, a journal and a document on the laptop that I was using at the time, which just had everything. Every session we done, Patrick's diet, I uh, even got him to, uh, we made a collage and I got him to send me a picture of all the things that he was currently consuming in his diet. And then right at the end of the 12 and a half months, we done another collage with loads of pictures of all the things that he had had started consuming in his new diet and we just we just had them so we had them on screen we had them up on the laptop so we could kind of see what he was eating initially and then what he was eating at the end of the time and experience with me and that was quite a useful thing to do and it's very visual and we could keep referring back to that now again without going off track too much at this stage Patrick had uh, jobs where he would be popping into and using service stations quite a lot. So on the initial uh, picture or, or picture collage, it was things like six Cadbury's cream eggs a day, fried chicken, pizzas, things that a lot of people might consider as a treat and allowing themselves to have every now and again. This was just forming part of Patrick's diet every single day and in large quantities, very large amounts. So for me really I had a very very easy platform to work with with him straight away because any minor change that I was going to make really should have got a uh, or made a major difference to him and his life uh, at very very quick uh, or fast time so once we'd got everything detailed and, and and everything logged and recorded that we could it was kind of a little bit of a, uh, an idea for me just to get the guy moving not put too much pressure on him make it fun for him we kept the fun element of it really really high to start with I wanted to assess his body type he's a endomorphic guy um, so he's a shorter more barreled guy puts muscle on quite easy also carries body fat very easy most of his body fat typically where most males will carry their body fat midriff area uh, lower back quite quite solid he was quite a solid figure all the way through uh, we used to call him the raging bull he was quite a solid, uh, well-put-together guy. He had a little bit of a background in martial art. His dad was a black belt in karate, and he actually had his own karate academy, uh, which Patrick used to go to and dip in and out of. So that was only his, or that was really his only background in any sort of sporting activity, anything that was going to burn excessive calories for him, and he wasn't even doing it full-time. So... I got him moving around the gym and I put lots of emphasis on just movement, 
letting it be fun, letting him get to know me, my personality, my style of training. And I put lots of emphasis on it was about frequency and making connections to the gym and doing as much as he could daily to get more energy expenditure within his life than telling him that there was like a go-to exercise that he should do or there were specific things that he should do because at this stage it was nothing to do with homing in on specialist and expert help and advice the guy simply had to move and control what he was putting in his mouth and you know guys let's revisit this the guy's 27 and a half stone at five foot seven and a half Okay, so it's it's not too complex to get some form of positive change through this guy's uh, body, through his structure. So that's what we done. And then what that done, and unbeknown to him, that allowed him to build a bit of trust and confidence in me. It allowed, it allowed me to see what he liked doing. Now, a little bit of a, a fact from my side of things. Anybody that I've worked with who's grotesquely overweight, they do not like getting down on the floor. They do not like changing levels fast. So if you say to them, go from standing up vertical, go down to the floor horizontal, people don't enjoy that, okay? It's not comfortable for them to do when they're carrying excessive amounts of body fat and things like their, their waistline are getting in the way uh, in terms of their range of motions. So they, he didn't like that. So I started putting in a mix of exercises that he would enjoy to stimulate him, to, to get his adherence, to get him to turn up and to get him to believe and follow me. And I started giving him things that he found challenging because I wanted to challenge him. So we, we knew we were going to achieve this by controlling two major things, which was his nutrition, what he's putting in his mouth, and his level of exercise. And it wasn't even a level of training at the time, it was a level of exercise, burning as much energy out of his body per day, whatever you wanna call it. So that that was put to him and re-emphasized to him over and over again. Now, believe it or not, guys, and this might come uh, as a shock to you, but we did not do anything on nutrition for the first three and a half weeks. We just simply made it about activity. I made a phone call to ITV. I was dealing with two, two guys within ITV, both very, very good, decent guys. I'm still friends with and still have contact with today. And I just said, like, look, if you want this story, if you really want me to, to sort of kick this, you know, to blow this out the water, you're going to have to give me more time with him. I'm going to need to see this guy two, three times a day. And they just signed off and said, whatever you need to do, just do it. So I started building in up to three points of contact with Patrick a day, morning, noon and night. And on average, over the course of the 12 and a half months, we would probably do about two sessions a day, one in the morning and then one mid to late afternoon. And that's kind of how it ran intensively for 12 months. So after about three and a half weeks, what I'd done is a very, very easy, basic formula. Remember, I'm not dealing with a specialist, high-octane client. I'm dealing with somebody who needs to lose weight and being that far or that much overweight for a guy who's five foot seven, it should be quite easy, right, to get a good sustainable result. So we just sat Patrick down. We went through his BMR. We looked at his activity factors. We set an initial uh, timeline for him to lose a stone in weight. We calculated his macronutrients, his protein, carbs, and fat. 
which give him a daily amount of calories to consume. One of the key things that I did not do was put Patrick on ridiculously low calories. So first and foremost, we just wanted to regulate a little bit of homeostasis for his body. And we just wanted to get him understanding hitting a calorie goal daily. Because up until now, the guy's taken excessive calories in the form of chocolate sweets, biscuits, fried chicken, pizzas and whatnot. So it was almost like me going, whoa, 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 steady down. This has put the brakes on. Let's just calculate where you're kind of at with your calories right now. Let's just calculate and get an idea of what you're shooting in at each day. Let's just break down in the basic form the roles of proteins, carbohydrates and fats. Let's not look into it at any level. Let me kind of be the brain and be the, 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 the computer and the back end of it. You just do what I ask you to do. And if I'm checking in with you saying I want you to be hitting uh, 3,200 calories a day, I just want a message from you saying, Dre, I've hit 3,200 calories a day. So we didn't shoot his calories in really low. We didn't do anything extreme. We didn't dismiss any food groups. We didn't start uh, cutting off carbohydrate after a certain time of the day. We just got him eating, got him regulated and got him understanding what he was putting into his mouth now using certain tools like the my fitness pal uh bmr calculators things that i have accessible as a personal trainer what that also was doing to him alongside him understanding and going home and telling his family that he's now tracking his calories and he understands what macronutrients are is it was giving him a, a little bit of a better awareness of food it was it was and this this is the same for anybody i've worked with it was he was identifying that if he was scanning a really sugary drink which he was buying in the health aisle off somewhere like tesco's and it was full of sugar, instant sugars. It was very, very high in carbohydrates. He was understanding that it was going to be very little volume for him to take that small little sugary drink. Whereas over there on the other side of the coin, there could have been something that he could have had, which would volumize his body a lot more. He would have more overall nutritional value out of it. And it would probably fulfill him a little bit more. And so he was getting an awareness of different food types, food volumes. And he was kind of understanding not to blow his calories and macros on small quantity, high sugary, high carbohydrate based foods. So he was learning. And I always know with clients how well they're doing by the type of feedback I'm getting. And the type of feedback that I'm getting from the Patricks of the world was asking lots of questions, making sure that he was checking in regularly, making sure that he was understanding what he was doing. He was happy and he was comfortable with what he was doing. So we're, we're on to a winner. So let's just say roughly four weeks in, four and a half, five weeks in, uh, Patrick's doing two training sessions a day. He's on a basic nutrition plan or a, a, a planner working alongside me. He's not restricted with food. He wasn't restricted with his decisions that he was making in food, but he was getting a better awareness and understanding of food, food volume, choices of food that he was consuming on a daily basis. And he was regulating his calories, which in turn was giving him a breakdown of macronutrient values that he was putting into his body daily. Remember guys, macronutrients are responsible for body composition. Macronutrients, calories will determine whether you put weight on, maintain weight or lose weight. Simple as that. 
working into the health side of things and micronutrients, things that are responsible for what you're putting in your body for your brain function, your overall health, your internal function, it function your internal organs, your skin, hair, nails. We haven't even got into the health side of things yet. I was just getting this guy to work at a level where I was getting some sort of level of understanding, adherence and taking my own feedback from what I'd set him to do. And it worked and it worked well. And we had achieved within the first month or so, probably a good 10 kilograms of weight loss. The guy was pumped, he was motivated, he had color in his skin, he'd never turn up a minute late to a session, he would stay late, he would do all the extra activities, he would do some crazy stuff. Nice little sub story to chuck into this is, after he had lost about 10 to 12 kilograms, I'd give him a dumbbell out of the gym, and I said, feel that, hold that in your hands, how does that feel? He said, yeah, it feels bloody heavy. I said, yeah, it does, doesn't it? I said, right, your challenge today, is to carry this dumbbell around with you. That is the weight you've lost. That was the weight that you originally were when you walked through the door. I want you to carry it around today. I want you to nurture this dumbbell and I want it to become a bloody hindrance and annoyance to you by the end of the day. Anyway, middle of the afternoon, I get a phone call. He had been thrown out of the local Chantry Centre in Andover because they thought it was a... An, <laughs> it was a an offensive type of object they thought he was carrying it to harm someone or do some sort of damage so the security guys asked him to leave the local shopping center anyway he brought it back to the gym the next day and he said yeah he said uh that was annoying wow can't believe i've lost that much weight in such short time to which i've turned around and said to him can you imagine patrick if we can lose that amount of weight again can we take up to roughly 24 kilograms you know how how good would that be um obviously yeah 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 yeah. so we made the plan and we moved forward and from there guys really we had a very sensible exercise regime which i think i've already said was 10 sessions a week monday to friday at this stage i've been introduced to patrick's family his partner his mother his father his children patrick had been to my house uh so i brought him into my life and we were doing as much as we could extra as possible. I'd invited Patrick along to a couple of my own training sessions. I was running classes and stuff at the time. He would come along, I'd go out for road runs, jogs with him, and we used an area called Cholton, which has a lovely lake, lots of running routes and whatnot. We'd done a lot of outdoor training and multifunctional, multi-uptake training on his body. So I was getting the guy moving. One thing that was very, very positive for me is he was really non-injury prone. He was very resilient, very robust, and you could pretty much chuck anything at him and he would give it a go. I think, guys, let's just go back to the beginning. When you get 10 stone worth of weight loss with someone, it is extreme. What you are doing becomes extreme, okay? It's not a case of eat this, train like this, and it'll all happen for you overnight. I was fully immersed in his life and he was fully immersed in my life. We worked very, very hard for very long durations at a time. We had had, we had to build a, a huge trust, a bridge of trust between us. We had to make sure no stone was unturned. And you're working with producers, co-producers and people high up in the, the media industry. These guys want results and they want results fast. You know, I, I had felt, I haven't even told you guys yet about my personal experiences and where I was at with things. But I had felt uh, under pressure. I had felt like my ass is against the wall. I was being well paid to do this job. 
Uh, I was I almost felt a bit overwhelmed that I'd been given this opportunity. There was a little bit of me questioning why it was me that was chosen to do this. But at the same time, I ran with it. I, I grasped it with both hands. The only regret that I had, which I thought I'd include in this podcast, is I didn't really... Uh, use my social media platforms at that they were not as uh, popular and there were not the tools accessible on social media to use that platform like there is today you know we are going back to 2011 2010 2011 I think it was aired on ITV uh, November 2011 so we're going back quite a few years ago now guys but uh, anyway it was extreme it was very intensive relationships were built We were up and we were running and that is where I'm going to end this segment here. When we pick back up, I'm going to go into the next segment, which will be all about how long we had to train for, what we covered over the months of training, how I altered and changed things, what we done in terms of manipulating his nutrition, a couple of problems I had with Patrick, a couple of things, uh, personal problems that come up. And then we will move into the actual show experience itself. Okay, guys, so just picking up from segment two. So as we can distinguish, things are going really, really well for myself and Patrick. We were well into the the journey of getting Patrick to lose weight, improve his general health and well-being, and he was starting to feel good about himself. He definitely had a newfound confidence. My relationship, as I've already detailed, was really, really good with him. And we were achieving all of this very, very simplistically by controlling what he was putting in his mouth and making sure that he was exercising to a good standard daily. And that is kind of how we went. We kind of uh, settled into a regular routine. We'd have like a weekly check-in with ITV, just telling them what the... uh, progress was where we had been what we'd been up to uh how things were going for me it was becoming more fun from the training side of things we did a lot more outdoor functional training i had him working out on a 3g turf which was outside the gym that i worked in he was doing gym sessions we go into our local athletics track and we're just chucking in things like 100 meter sprints and, and timing his 100 meter sprints it was a little bit of uh something i was interested in in my own training so i kind of brought that in as a bit of a motivator um i was getting him to throw heavy med balls from one end of the football pitch to another throw the med ball the d ball let it drop dead run to it pick it up do it again for a whole length of the football field and i was timing him um on these little things 100 meter sprints 60 meter sprints from the 40 yard dash things like that and the reason i was timing him is because i'm a big advocate of all my clients i like them to have a body composition goal for the whole time that they're with me i like them to have performance indicators to see whether they're moving forward sideways or backwards and i like them to have lifestyle goals goals so moving into that we also set him some life lifestyle goals you know can you do a 5k run can you do a charity walk could you do something for cancer research and we chucked a couple of things in there like that for him just to motivate him just to to drive him on and push him forward because it's very very important uh, for my audience to know that when you're on a weight loss journey when you're on a fitness journey again however your umbrella in this that you need to not just be too focused on one thing. If all your focus, drive and energy is just chasing weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, then when you hit a plateau or something doesn't quite go your way, it's very easy for you to feel like you're non-accomplished, you haven't achieved what you've set out to do. So I was making sure that he was feeding back in into me and I was saying to him, like, you know, you had a lot of pigmentation and bad skin under your eyes and 
that type of thing's cleared up. And I was putting these things to him because I, I wanted to hear his reply. You know, oh yeah, it has Dre. Yeah, you know, I feel a lot better about myself. There's more color in my skin. So I'm getting him to identify with me regularly about the uh, sort of non-body composition targets that we had had set. He was managing to go into and talking about the other things that he was noticing, the other things like getting up in the morning without the use of an alarm clock, having a bit more of a spring in his step. You know, anybody that's listening that's been on one of these journeys, put himself through one of these phases in life, you'll know exactly what I'm on about. We start tightening up things in our life. We start becoming less lazy with the little things that we might let slip by the wayside here and there. And then them small little changes make a huge, huge difference. And it's normally a lot of small changes collated together as one is what gives us the big change rather than trying to do too much too soon and make major changes to your life too fast. And I think probably if you listen you've listened to all of this and you go back through what I'm saying this is all about being very patient and very sustainable now let me also tell you this guys I was learning about this or alongside this myself I was learning about what type of trainer I was what sort of methods I was using I was learning about things that I thought worked really well things that didn't work so well and I was kind of doing a little bit of a self-experiment on myself as as what I was like as a PT as a coach and a lot of a lot of these things as much as I've been saying you know, it's really really simple what we were doing like I was kind of surprising myself you know I was I had only been really in the industry for a few years working as a PT I had not had a long list of clients and a long background behind me I wasn't any sort of guru or specialist I'm, I'm still not now but it's just good integral old-fashioned training really dialing into his diet and making him choose and be aware and understand health conscious choices you know criteria lists like patrick are you getting in your daily water intake are you trying to get the best quality of sleep you can possibly get when you're out on the road with your kids are you not putting sugary sweets and chocolate and junk food in your mouth are you replacing it with healthy nuts and snacks and are you considering what foods you're eating overall because there you know we can talk about the incentive values of foods which you know everything has an incentive value to it so you could judge your foods on a scale of one to ten for me eating a pizza it's a 10 out of 10 you know i've got a lot of incentive and motivation to eat a pizza eating uh chicken and broccoli and rice every day, my incentive value to that may be one out of 10. You know, I might have an awareness of what's more health conscious and better for my body, the fuel I'm putting in my body, but my incentive value can be very, very low to do that. So I was trying to break these kind of barriers and almost then start angling certain psychological points of view in terms of his relationship with food kind of just progressing them to a little bit of a higher level of energy in versus energy out macros and calories i was then trying to get him to have more awareness and more an understanding and obviously what that was doing in turn is he was then almost practicing what he was learning with me with his family now one of the huge things that i don't mind going on record and saying is that his support system and the infrastructure in and around him was very very poor he had a non-supportive girlfriend his mother and father didn't really have a, 
100% awareness and idea of what he was doing. And what you've got to remember, guys, a really, really valuable take-home point. If you've got somebody in their early to mid-20s who's 27 and a half stone, they haven't just achieved that overnight. They haven't become morbidly obese overnight. This is years of bad living, years of bad habit, years of negative energy and external depression on the body for this to happen, right? So equally, going back to me saying that I felt a little bit uh, out of my depth and I had a lot of pressure and stress on me, of course I did because I was expected to get a great result with a limited amount of time. 12 and a half, 13 months is not a great amount of time to be able to achieve what we've achieved. It was an, uh, an extremely long, hard, difficult, long-winded process, again, as I've probably already touched on, and it put pressure on me. So we we had to work and we had to work hard. Now, when we went along the way, there was a, a time where off the top of my head, it must have been about eight months in. And I remember having a telephone call uh, from a guy called John from Granada Studios. And he said, how how are we doing? How are we how are we getting on? And I said, well, we've probably got, I don't know, three, three and a half stones to go. And I remember we had a bit of a convo, put the phone down. I got a phone call back and he said, we're going to pull the operation. We're going to pull the whole thing. I said, you know, excuse me, sorry, I beg your pardon. He said, yeah, we're going to pull the whole thing. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. He said, I don't don't think it's enough to make a story. I don't think, you know, these guys that work in TV, it's extreme, it's harsh, right? I said, well, okay, you know, on, on what reasons that? Well, you know, if you've only lost three and a half stone and we've been going for this amount of time, it, you know, it's quite so... I said, no, no, we haven't lost three and a half stone. I said, I reckon we've, you know, looking at the statistics, looking at the weighing scales, doing weekly check-ins, weekly weigh-ins with Patrick, all the things that we were bringing in, we've got roughly three, three and a half stone to go before we've got a, a story to sell, before we've got a considerable weight loss, a headline, something to put out there. And he went, oh, right, okay. I didn't realise it was, oh, right, okay, sorry, I beg your pardon. I must have misheard you on the phone. Oh, well, if that's the case, we'll chuck whatever we need to at it then. Just get that last three, three and a half stone off. All I want is an email or a phone call when you've done it. So this was almost like the next phase, right? So the next phase become the challenging phase is, you know, I'm sure there's gurus listening to this now saying, oh, that was really extreme. You know, surely that wasn't healthy. That wasn't safe. I'm not saying it was. I'm not advocating some of the systems and methodologies we used to achieve this result. But I was under a set of circumstances. I had a job to do. And in the greatest respect, the results I've got with my client, Patrick, you know, I welcome people to to stand up and challenge me and say that they've managed to do that with a client in that amount of time because it was a great, set of results we got so I said right okay this is uh the business end of the deal now and I just wanted to touch on and say there was a week where we lost seven kilograms in a week now this was the business end of the deal we had a sauna on site so we used to stick a spinning bike a Schwen spinning bike in the sauna and the guy used to do intervals in there uh we had him in a sweatsuit we had him in the sauna uh, and again, this is probably a bit further on because this was right down in the final month before we went back to ITV. But working into that last phase, the weight loss expectedly become really, really slow. We had utilized pretty much all of the tools, if not most of the tools that we had available to us. 
Now, we had Patrick working now into a calorie deficit. He had a great understanding of food. He His energy expenditure was through the roof. He had gone from exercising and just expending energy into training. He was on a proper periodization plan. He was now incorporating a lot more weight resistance, weight bearing exercises into his uh, plan. Obviously, he had gained a certain amount of muscle. It wasn't something that I can say we rigorously uh, monitored or recorded. I just wanted him to look and feel as good as he can uh, or he could. And I wanted to make sure because of the amount of work we'd put in and the results we got and the actual sheer weight loss we achieved, it was almost like if we can round this up and officially get 10 stones, you know, what a headline that is for me as a PT from my selfish point of view and what a great story that will make. And, you know, ITV have definitely picked and employed the right person to do this job because as I've already said, you know, I don't think there were many people out there that could have got that result with him. And I've already said it's not because I know anything more or less than the average trainer out there. I just immerse myself in it. Patrick was in my life. Uh, you know, he invited me to his wedding. He wanted me to be God child to uh, godfather to one of his children. Uh, you know, it's a real personal thing. But you know, it's it's not unfair for me to say there were there were days where Patrick was in tears. There was a day where he had arrived to the gym about 6am in the morning, 15 minutes before we were due to train. So he had got to the gym early and for whatever reason, he decided to get back into his car and drive back to Luggershaw, which was where it's just a, a small town outside of Andover. I think it's classed as a town or a village or whatever. It's just outside of Andover. He had drove back there. Now, I had come in on time, set up ready to go and I asked the security guard where 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 is he you know by this stage guys everybody on site knew Patrick he was like a bit of a local uh, celebrity everybody knew what he was do doing knew what he was working towards and everybody was backing him and everyone knew his story and Patrick was a very sociable guy and he was also uh, a person that he very much wanted people to know what his story was he was a bit of a character to say the least now the security guy said he's he's calmly signed in. Show me the sign in sheet at the security to get into the gym. He said he's got in his car. He's gone back. So I've got in my little Peugeot two hundred six at the time, and I've almost uh, chased him. And I've managed to catch up with Patrick on the road, which links and merges and over to Luggershaw. Not sure what the road's called. And we pulled over to a labour. I had a chat with him. It was a bit of an emotional time for him. Got him in the car, marched him back to the gym, and we put him through his training session and then basically the day went on. Now, as we were getting towards the last part of the weight loss, the last part of the deal, there was a lot more contact with myself and ITV. There was a lot more check-ins. It was coming off, you know, a pound at a time. We were having to do additional things. And what a lot of people don't know is I was with Patrick 24-7. I would spend a lot more time with him on record than I was being paid for. I was doing a lot of additional exercises or exercise sessions with him. He was starting to use general food supplements that, that we'd put into his uh, food meal planner daily. He was starting, we were starting to manipulate certain things, nothing to a level of what we were doing before we went back on, on to television when we'd done our filming, but he was just starting to 
dial into the more training side of things it was it, it was a full-on lifestyle for him it was a 24 7 project and we were we were cycling certain macronutrients he was having low days high days we were doing different forms of training he'd have a, a weights day a main cardio day he'd have a functional day and we were pretty much just working along the lines of everything we had done it was just a little bit of a higher level and there was more points of contact and Yet again, it was just about getting his or him burning as many calories for a 24 hour period as he could possibly do. So we had got up to nine and a quarter, nine and a half stone weight loss. We pushed to get that last little bit of weight off. It was around the 12 month mark of us going. So there was 10 stone of body mass lost within 12 and a half months. We had kept in contact with the guys the whole way through. And then I was starting to do a little bit of uh, just extra bits and pieces with Patrick. He was, he was, you know, he was starting to take a bit more care in what he was wearing, how he was presenting himself, how he was speaking. He, he was in my social circles now. He, he had, you know, he would come to Andover to get his hair cut. As I already said, he'd had a couple of sunbeds. You know, he was having regular sports massage. He was just taking care of himself to a slightly higher level. Uh, it, you could almost say, bar him being an athlete, he was almost living like an athlete. And, and subconsciously and from different angles, I was just throwing different things at him from more of a well-being point of view. And he looked good. He had a nice fitted Andre Diorno personal training T-shirt that I'd give him. He had a nice haircut. His skin was really good. He had these few sunbeds and we were ready to go back up to Granada ITV based in Manchester. So we'd made sure we had detailed in our journal everything. Photographs, images, all the measurements, all the statistics. We'd done two different types of body fat testing. It wasn't a case that, guys, let me go on record and say it wasn't relevant what Patrick's body fat was. The guy was still outside a composition when we'd finished this project, right? This is very nice sub point for me to be able to get on record right here, right now, today. It it isn't a it's it's a far cry from what he's come from. It wasn't a total body transformation. The guy's still seventeen and a half stone. He's still outside of normal regulated health recommendations in terms of metabolic diseases, BMI, all the other statistics you could throw at him. But we had achieved a considerable and amazing thing. And I felt great from it, like I should. And so did he. So we had a story. It was all positive. But the guy was not the finished, polished product. He wasn't the, the end result. He had done amazingly well on his journey. And it's almost like why I'm critical today when people are putting up body transformations. No, not everything is a body transformation. You can have a very, very large guy who's got several health issues, range of motion issues, depression issues, all sorts of issues that uh, these people can have. And they've made, made a positive change. And now they're just a large guy with X amount of issues still attached to him. And that is kind of what Patrick was. Okay. I know the reality of the scenario we're in, but needless to say, it was still amazing what we had done and what we had achieved. So we were now ready to take this and go back on to television. We had set a date. The, we knew the TV show was going to be aired in December as part of a Christmas special. And it was around the 11th of November. And we had been given a brief of what we had to do, where we needed to be. 
So we had travelled up to ITV, got a taxi from Andover to Manchester. It was about £400 to get this taxi up there. Um, I had had a hotel accommodation, all expenses paid for, and Patrick and his family, his mother and father travelled up and we had stayed in this little holding hotel just outside uh, from the city centre. I had managed to get a gym pass so I could train whilst I was up there. Guys, I was well aware that I was going to have a television appearance. You know, I haven't even put this in the story. It's probably not 100% relevant, but I had gone on my own training program and journey. I got as lean as I could. I was really pumped. You know, I'd gone, made sure that I looked and felt great and I was well prepped. I was extremely nervous. I'd never done anything like this before. Uh... I was ready to go. So we went up, we stayed in the hotel. Manchester was amazing. It was great. We got to see some good sights. I trained in local fitness first gym up there. And it just so happened that randomly when I was up there, a friend of mine from down south was training in this gym. So we were like linking up. And then we got the big invite into the Granada Studios. And this is an amazing story within itself. We turned up to the studio bright and early in the morning. We had a taxi, took us to the studio. It's very, very... Uh, in-depth extensive uh process to get into the the studio it was a uh it was high security we got into the studio had everything taken off us all my laptop i was you know i had taken all my stuff with me because i wanted to uh show jeremy from the jeremy carl show i wanted to show jeremy what we'd done i wanted to show martin and alistair the two guys i was working with uh what we'd done and itv and on the studio for people that know the tv well they have a lot of guys what they call runners and normally if I was to have contact it would just be a runner that I'd make a phone call just to get a progress update so I'd kind of managed to have these relationships with these runners people that work for ITV over the phone that they knew who I was and I knew who they were but yet we'd never met in real life so it was an opportunity for to me to meet these runners uh, and, and show them what we had done uh, and it was an excitable experience as well as nerve-wracking like almost all the emotions were brought up to the surface so guys, it was really surreal. I had had my own um, like room. I had had lights around the mirror. I had to have makeup before we went on to uh, the set. We had to go out and do a sound check. Uh, it was a crazy experience. It was because of the nature of the show. Most people know the Jeremy Kyle show because of the nature of the show show it's it was like it was a bit like of a everything was like a holding air it was like a a pen if you needed to go to the toilet if you needed some fresh air to go outside you had to have security take you everywhere you know also keep in mind that other uh shows like coronation street mainly i think question of sport the new set was there and i think it was like the old set was there as well and uh like the good morning show and Lorraine Kelly show, things like that. I think I can remember they were all kind of spread around this studio, um, which I wouldn't even say was massive, just a, an average size building. There was an indoor part of it and an outdoor part of it. So wherever you wanted to move around the building, you had to have security take you there because obviously there were other families and stories and things that they were filming that were conflicts of interest. So obviously they didn't want it kicking off in the corridors. Now, for me, you have to remember that I was there as an employed member of staff. I was employed by ITV to be there and do my job. So a lot of the 
things on the day were not really relevant to me. I had a an allocated time slot to spend with a guy called Graham, who was a psychologist for the day. And even though I kind of didn't really need to spend time with him, we still had time together and we had a chat. We had a tuna sandwich and a, a Diet Coke together. I had had or almost was being kept into this this room this holding room where I had like I say my lights around my mirror it sounds quite glamorous but it was actually very hot and stuffy in there it was quite boring I managed to contact the guys I'd been working with Alistair and Martin I said look you know is there any chance like I can get out of here it's a it's a very long-winded process they're filming different parts of shows there's lots going on it's quite a busy um, place to be it's very hot and stuffy it's quite an old building and all the rooms within the building, uh, bar like your your changing rooms, they were all like very open planned rooms. So if there was like a family area or an area where you could get a coffee, it was just all glass walls. It was all so you could see what was going on in each room. And I kind of said to the guys, is there any way I can get some fresh air or can get out and about? One of them said, look, here, come with us. We'll show you a few bits and pieces. And they took me around the coronation set. And at the time, they were filming the Christmas special. So they had the snow machines on the roof. Um, all the characters were there. I don't know them by their real-life names. Um, and a few of my friends uh, kind of take the piss a little bit when I say this. But I got to meet some of the characters. And I won't. you can do your own... Um, or you can make your own ideas why my friends take the piss. But I always say my highlight was having a coffee with Kevin Webster, who features on uh, Coronation Street, and Ken Barlow. And um, they make jokes and fun of that for their own reasons. Uh, so, yeah, I met some of the characters on the sets of other programmes and uh, got introduced to a few people. It was a really nice experience. I got to move around. Uh, I got to meet some people that I was used to seeing on TV um, and it was it was a weird experience. And when we done our filming, uh, it was kind of like you, you see at the movies. They had the old, I don't even know what they call them, like the sort of take one boards. They snap the board, they had to walk on. The crowd give you a clap. I had a bit of blusher chucked over me before I went on set. It was lights, camera, action. It was really, really hot. As I said, it was real humid going out on stage. I was really nervous. And when I watch back now, the clips to the, the the some of the recordings that my family had kept for me um it's i feel really cringe worthy i'd look at myself and go, oh my gosh you know what was i doing um when i was asked questions and jeremy kyle had asked me you know wow you know welcome to the show and it's great to meet you and you know guys what happened then how have you done this i must have give like the non the most non uh, I just didn't articulate myself very well. I was kind of like, uh, well, we had done a bit of training and I'd got Patrick to eat a bit more healthy. It just it didn't sound very good. And it was a mix of it. It was a brand new experience. Guys, remember, I was still young. Um, I think I was 23, 24, still relatively new to the industry. I'd only been doing it for four or so years. Uh, I was a bit overwhelmed. It was hot. Um, you know, I'm not lying. It kind of was what it was. But got a television appearance bottom line from my point of view they'd got their story and in summary to that it was an amazing thing it was a little bit missold to me I I was told I was going on the show as a health professional I was told that it was a show that was completely 
um, dedicated to like medical and health professionals. And I was told that it was a show that Jeremy Kyle was merging into. So they had done obviously the normal kind of domestic shows. They had done uh, specials. I think he was doing some stuff over in the States. And I was under the impression that it was all about uh, being you know, a fitness professional that's kind of helped this guy to achieve this journey. And if any of you guys have seen the show, the original show that Patrick went on, it was just a board of doctors and medical experts and professionals that basically give him a real good grilling and told him if he didn't change his ways and he didn't change his life and his habits that he was going to die and he was going to die young. And I'm sure if you Google it or you research it, that footage is probably still available to you today. Now, a little bit annoying because when the licensing on YouTube had changed, all the ITV stuff that I had featured on was taken down. And uh, anyway, there's loads of little sub-glamorous things that come out of it for me. Um, After the show was aired and it went out, I got back to my hometown in Andover. People in my local Costa coffee shop when I was going for a coffee were picking me out. I had my clients asking me, you know, is this the end for us now? Are you going to be a big-time PT in London? Are you off? But some one client... uh, uh, got a guy called Stuart, Mr. Rolo, a long-term client of mine, even asked me, um, you know, he'd, he had heard that I'm sort of shooting off and I'll be on to big things and that I'm going to drop all my clients now. And guys, you might be surprised to hear this, but I'm going to be totally honest with you. On the short term, absolutely nothing come out of it for me. The guys at ITV told me 99% certain that they would end up using me again. And normally, if the uh, people that they had employed had done a good job for them once, they would almost certainly be used again. That didn't happen, which I can break into more so why uh, in a minute. That didn't happen. I didn't gain loads of clients overnight. I didn't become super popular. Um, And it always got to a point where my clients and my friends, family were putting ideas in my head. And then when these things didn't happen, I almost felt a little bit of sort of depression after the show because we'd done a great thing. Patrick was a huge client and a huge part of my life for 12, 12 and a half, 13 months intensively. He had got a great story. I'd shocked myself that I'd got 10, 10 stone of natural weight loss out of this guy. Uh, I knew how much hard work I'd put into it. I was elevated and pumped. My adrenaline adrenaline was going for all of these months. And then all of a sudden the story was done. It had stopped. There was, that was it. There was no kind of moving on or forward for me. I was back to my normal gym job, 40 hours a week, doing my normal clients, going about my personal training business, going about my game. And it kind of all stopped from there. And then when all these people were putting ideas into my head, a local postman had stopped me and said he'd seen me when he got off or when he'd started one of his shifts. Um, the, the program was repeated at early hours in the morning and he, he had seen it. And, you know, I was getting lots of pats on the back, lots of fair plays, lots of respect, but it wasn't really turning into any type of real uh, baseline work. It wasn't converting to pennies in the bank. It wasn't really moving my world forward in that respect on the short term. What it did do was raise my profile. Lots of people reaching out to me on Twitter because that was the main social that I was using at the time. Um, I was getting lots of PMs. I was getting lots of contact from females. Um, I was getting a lot of female interest. You know, it's probably worth saying I was in a relationship. I was happy at the time. I was still getting lots of contact from females. Um, lots of girls from like the Midlands and, and further up north were contacting me. 
Um, so I kind of had my ego massaged a little bit with that, uh, but nothing sustainable or nothing that I wanted really come out of it at the time. If anything, it put a few of my clients off because they thought I was going to go on to bigger things when really the, the reality of it was that I was just little old me PT in from a small corner of the world in Hampshire. Uh, but guys, great experience, great story. Uh, Patrick left the show. He had been given a gym membership and a load of, a load, he got a, a, a push bike and a treadmill for home. He had left the show. That was my work, my my business with him done. We kept in contact. Uh, he went his way. He, I'd forgot to mention early in the story that he, he had aspirations to be a personal trainer. He was going to start qualifying and studying and he wanted to go down from 17 and a half and I think he wanted to get down to about 13 and a half stone now this is my story these are my views my opinions I'm talking fact I'm talking from the heart I'm not going to discredit anybody I'm certainly not going to discredit Patrick but that didn't happen guys that is that is a fact he after the work had stopped with me I think there was a little bit of reversibility from Patrick's side of things. I think he lost structure. He didn't have the 24-7 support that he'd got from me. Um, I do know as a fact he sold some of the stuff that he was given, that he was generously donated from the show. He had sold, at least got rid of the treadmill. Uh, I think his job had changed, which he went back into more of a sedentary-based job, which was no good for him. And he he had moved. He had moved further afield, so it was difficult for him to get contact with me and get contact to the to the gym. He had to start funding some of his own PT, which he'd done for about a month, and then it died off. And it was a little bit of a shame, but it kind of was what it was. And this is real life, guys, and these things happen. And if you're out there and you're someone listening to this overweight, if you're somebody listening to this, that's you on your own journey. If you're somebody listening to this who has worked with me or currently working with me, it is the reality of personal training. You know, for, for a trainer, you're only as good as your client. And for the client, there needs to be an acceptance of reality and adherence long term. Consistency over time equals results. So that was kind of how it was. Um, and then for me, it was just a case I went back to my everyday living, my everyday work, and I kind of didn't really think anything had changed. Now, what had happened long term for me uh, in terms of where it took my business is I'd started getting a lot more inquiries. I had a website at the time. Every person that was a pound overweight wanted to work with me and I was able to filter through and quite tastefully choose who I was working with. And I started working and making smart choices by working with business owners. I started working with uh, people that had good resource. I started picking my clients and it almost merged me into, is that the right word? It made me rethink my strategies, my system. It made me rethink and revalue myself and what, what I could add to these people's lives. It gave me a newfound confidence and it made me completely change the way I do consults and how I filtered out the people I wanted to work with and the people I didn't want to work with. And everybody that came in through the door uh, thereafter I had got huge, huge, huge results with because I used the same template, the same system, the same process. I delivered myself to the to the, what was in front of me exactly 100% who I was. 
you either do what I want you to do, I'll be level, fair and consistent with you. This is an equal relationship. It's an equal partnership. You have to meet me halfway. If you want to do and utilize my systems, I will get a result from you. People that were coming through the doors, guys, I'm going to be honest that they were not short of money. They were not short of time. They were business owners. They were higher quality of clientele. They could be flexible. They were willing to put the work in. They were well-educated in the wider world. They knew what they had to do. So was I, as a question, a superb, exceptional, high-level weight loss guru, expert, health advisor, fitness consultant? Probably not, no. I was somebody that had a break, worked hard, got a good set of results, which longer term, we spoke about the short term, longer term started to attract people to me. And I was able to be very, very confident and say, this is my way of working. If you want to take it on, take it on. And I, it made me a better judge of character. I attracted more serious long-term clients. And then where I was able to get results, what does the talk in your results? So everybody started to identify me as this guy that was very good at getting people into shape. Now, obviously, that does attract time wasters and tire kickers, but for the best part, it was attracting what I wanted to work with. I was being financially rewarded. My life was moving forward. I was well on my way. And then that was where I felt, guys, that I started to get the compensation, the payback from the hard work I'd put in. So it kind of helped me to platform my career. It made me more tasteful. My, in terms of the work I was delivering, my objectives had changed. And I was just build. This was me actively on the job building my experience. Now, I'm pretty certain if you Google my name today, there are certain Google searches that will pop up and still be calling me a ITV's fitness consultant, weight loss expert, um, uh, Bigfoot Digital have said that I'm this guru and advisor of, and I don't see myself as any of them things. I'm just somebody that worked very hard, studied, studied and studied, put everything I could into my clients, chose very good people to work with, used basic systems that are factual, that work, and just made sure that I almost got my way of thinking, my way of living, my way of everything that I could see, feel, taste, everything that I believe that work, everything that I was passionate about. I, I've got a very good way of getting that into clients. I approach from every angle. I'm approachable, I'm flexible, but I'm also very stern in what I want to achieve with people. And whatever God has given me, it's just probably a higher threshold of having a natural ability to be able to gel, merge with people and to get them on the level. I'm not a, a drill sergeant. I'm not a dictator. I don't do things too fast, too soon. It's just real life. And even in this day and age, guys, that's the kind of people I'm working with because I've built myself to the level that I want to be at. And I'm, I'm working with people that I want to work with. I'm working with people that I get on well with. And I don't, I'm not in the market to take people's money to be their, their friend or their motivator or just somebody for them to train with. I'm in the market to add value to people's lives. I'm fucking real deal with what I do. I'm serious about what I do. I'm invested in what I do. I like feedback from my clients. I like to know where I'm going wrong. 
I am absolutely 100% open to learning. I, I can bow into a martial art dojo. I can get my ass handed to me. I can go and stand by another trainer and be told what to do. I can be advised on what books to read. I can enroll myself onto courses and listen and learn. I have no ego when it comes to that. My exterior might say different and people that listen to my podcast, hopefully this is an opportunity for my more external audience to get to know me. But I'm very open, calm and relaxed and I will let things come at me nice and slowly in waves rather than just hit things head on and kind of forget where I'm going and what my message is and what I'm trying to achieve. There is no ego there. And as I am as a person is what I try and put into my PT practice. So that's just like a little summary on what we done, what we achieved, how we got Patrick to lose weight. Some of you might be listening to this thinking there's some really good pointers to take out of it. Some of you might be thinking that's absolutely basic. You know, no way is that what really happened? Yes, guys, that's what really happened. We got Patrick training. We got him moving. We made a great relationship. We brought him into a calorie deficit. We give him very good health conscious choices of food. He was on a restricted diet towards the end of the journey, of the experience. He had 100% adherence. He had a lot of respect for me. I'd even go as far as saying he had a lot of love for me. I committed myself to him 110%. I done more for him then was asked of me. I was literally 100% involved and merged into his life. We worked hard, hard, hard for long amounts of time. There was blood, there was sweat, there was tears. The story was brilliant for me long term, as I've detailed, as I've explained. The result and outcome for him was great. Little word on him in this day and age, he still kept the weight off he he reversed, as I said, a little bit. He's put a bit back on. He's not where he was. I still have a little bit of contact with him every now and again. He actually contacted me last month and asked about coming down to Fivo Gym, where I work, to do a session with me. I replied to him. I still had no reply uh, from him back. I've actually, in my reply, I've advised him to maybe come and have a little look at one of our morning boot camps. I was never, just to, to finalise that and finish that off, I was never recontacted uh, by ITV. I There was a stage afterwards where I had contacted them and that's when I learned and found out that that's when they told me, you know, it's more than likely that we will use you again. In them very, very initial phases and stages, I've kind of told a bit of a lie there because in them initial phases, they I'd say about two months after they offered me a, a show, um, I'm not sure whether I should say what show it was um, because the actual show and what happened on the show led to something quite major happening. So I don't know where I stand for me to say it, but they had offered me a potential position on a huge, huge show, which was aired on television in the evening. Uh, which was about two big groups of people that had two trainers and it was a bit of a competition of to see what group could use or sorry lose the most weight in an amount of time I it it didn't figure out for me at the time in terms of it would have meant a, a partial relocation 
the hours were difficult. It was only a secondment position for a certain amount of time through the year. And it would have also meant me giving up my full-time job, which my full-time job at the time was going really, really well for me. And it was financially starting to make sense for me. So that was not really viable for me. And then the show broke down through a certain scenario or something that happened on the show, which actually ended up in a tragedy, tragedy, shall I say, uh, and then after that, I was only ever offered to going back and doing a morning show. And one of the morning shows would have meant that I'd had to have traveled up to London because they wanted to start filming between 3 and 4 a.m. So living down in Andover, Hampshire, I wasn't really sure how I was going to get four days a week up to London. I didn't really know how that was going to affect my daytime job, my sleep pattern. And there was never anything sustainable. There's never a big project uh, put on the table for me. And because it's TV and it's media and, and you can really sell it as glamorous story and some people that I know out there would try and sell it as a really glamorous story and and uh probably over exaggerate it but it really wasn't that it's a you know you're you're employed as a, a subcontractor it's a secondment position for a certain period of time you know you could be very very well paid but you wouldn't know where your next bit of work's coming from and what are you going to do are you going to give up all your clients your loyal hard-working clients that you've got uh, great results with are you going to give up your contracted position that you have in a local gym that you're really well respected in you're being paid well to be there to go off and do these one or two little things which are you know quite far from where you live they're going to cause various issues in your life and your relationships and people around you and there was no guarantee it was going to lead to anything. If I, you could, some people could listen to this and say that if I was more of a risk taker, they could have led to some huge things for me. And some of the shows and the things that I've mentioned have some big hitters on that have gone on to do great things. But then equally to that, I'm quite happy with my position in life right now. So guys, I'm probably going to call it a day there on that podcast. I'm so passionate about these stories and the podcast. They're always running over the time allocation. I probably appreciate that I need to start working on my timings a bit more. This is only my second podcast. I hope you've taken something from that. Okay, so if you're somebody that's looking to lose weight, improve your health and well-being, I think there's some good points for you guys to take. If you've just uh, listened because you're interested on the ITV story, I did promise myself that at one one time in my life, I would pull it out there. When I bump into people in town, in my local town now, when people bring it up to me, uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. Sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed to talk about it because sometimes it's relayed as, did you know that Dre was on Jeremy Kyle once? Uh, again, that can sometimes not always go down as well as you'd like it to. Sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed. Sometimes I shy away from it. I've never, ever detailed it on record. I think there's two to potentially three people in my close circle that know the ins and outs of it, how I uh, obtained the work, how I got into it, what I had to do, the, the, the stress and the how high octane it was for me to deal with. But now I've done, I've put it on record. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope you've taken something informative from the story. If you want to contact me, please head over to my Instagram page. It's where I'm most active. It's at Andre Fivo, 
and I'll do daily stories, fitness hints and tips. I'll give away my lifestyle and you can follow me on there. You can contact me at one-to-one-trainer at gmail.com if you need any help, advice or guidance. Guys, very, very animated to do that podcast. I will be coming back at you very soon with another podcast. For now, have a great day. I hope you guys are all out there smashing your goals. Take care. I'll speak soon. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.